Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And Florida State fell 47-28 to NC State on Saturday. The Florida State defense was just abysmal in the game. The Florida State offense looked much improved, but not enough to uh, combat with Florida State's defense complete lack of uh, the ability to stop really anything. So we're going to we're going to jump into that what it means um some players that played well some players that didn't play well and um then we'll talk about what uh what to look for this Saturday against Notre Dame and maybe some changes that come with that we'll also talk about Walt Bell taking over offensive play calling and Willie Taggart giving that up and what that means for the future but um before we get into all that if you don't know who I am like I said I am the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years, I started off as an intern on the NoelDigest.com site on the Stickout Network, worked my way up to the publisher of that site, then got the job as the beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat in August of 2016. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. If Florida State's playing anywhere, bowl game, uh, away game, home game, I'm there. I was out in Raleigh for Florida State's loss to NC State this past Saturday. I'll be in South Bend for Florida State's game against number 3 Notre Dame this weekend. And you know, anytime Willie Taggart speaks, he'll be speaking in a couple hours from the time that I'm recording this podcast for his weekly press conference. It'll be interesting what he has to say. But anytime a player speaks, anytime another coach speaks, we'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be there and I'll have the latest from that. As well as basketball, Florida State's basketball season starts tomorrow against uh, against Florida. The Seminoles come in highly ranked, number 15 in the country, coming off an Elite Eight run. I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run last year, and I cover every home game and then uh, a lot of the a lot of the times when they're having practice and any players or coaches are speaking, I'll be there. Baseball. Fall ball just ended. I cover every baseball home game as well as any postseason baseball games. I was out in Omaha two years ago for the College World Series. I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that happens on campus. So, going back to this 47-28 debacle. I'm going to start off with the defense because it was just absolutely atrocious. I mean, atrocious. Uh, NC State scored on nine of their first ten possessions, not including the final possession before the half where all they did was take a knee. Um, it was an abysmal performance. Florida State got no sacks. They finished with five tackles for loss. Uh, Florida State's defensive line did not play well in this game, and that basically resulted in 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 the defense not being able to stand up because the linebackers and secondary has been so poor this season. Um, <clears throat> you know, for the first six games of the year, Florida State's defensive line were monsters. Like they, they had at least three sacks and six tackles for loss in every game. In the past two games, they've combined for no tackles for loss and six ta- and, uh, or I'm sorry, no sacks and six tackles for loss. So three tackles for loss per game, no sacks. That's not going to get it done. Um, and I wrote a story about this just a little while ago. You can check it out on Tallahassee.com. But if if Florida State's defensive line isn't getting pressure and causing havoc, Florida State's back seven doesn't have the ability to stop a good offense. Uh, the linebackers' play is com- is just poor. Uh, they you know it's it's been poor for a while now. And you know outside of Dontavious Jackson and maybe Leonard Warner and then Jaden Woodby, who I think should be a safety at this point. Um, you know Florida State doesn't really have have the talent to compete. At linebacker, I mean, I think Emmett Rice would be the starter, but he's still not healthy completely. You know, DeKalen Brooks is a good rotational player, and he is a good rotational player. I know a lot of people don't like him because of his size, 
but he could be in the rotation for a good uh, good linebacking group. Right now he's having a start, and that's obviously not a good situation for for Florida State's linebackers. And then the safeties and, and uh, corners, Florida State was down Levante Taylor. Stanford Samuels had to move from safety to corner. And, you know, with, with that, A.J. Westbrook had to play a lot. Uh, Hampson Nasruddin had to play a lot. And, you know, Westbrook was picked on. I mean, Jacoby Myers had a field day picking on A.J. Westbrook in that game. Uh, I believe he went for like 129 yards, had like nine receptions and a couple touchdowns. I mean, he he dominated A.J. Westbrook. Most of it came on A.J. Westbrook. Um, you know, Florida State would love to play Stanford a corner, but the safety play and the safeties that Florida State has on campus aren't guys that they can really fill that role in what Harlan Barnett is looking for. Um, so without the Florida State's defensive line stepping up and playing extremely well, <coughs> like they did the, the first few games of the season, Florida State um, was in a position where it couldn't really do anything. I mean, anything at all. And NC State just, I mean, they just ran through Florida State at that point. It didn't help that Florida State's, you know, allowed NC State to start on their own 42. Uh, really, every time, um, that was their average field position. You know, they started inside Florida State territory. Let's see, what was it? Uh, one, two, three, four times. They they didn't, their worst field position of the night what, or of the game was its its own fifteen after, yeah after uh, Florida State turned the ball over on downs. Um, other than that, it was the twenty five and they started or the twenty two. Both of them were after kickoffs, but mostly Florida or NC State started on the plus side of the forty and finished with a field position of their own forty two. Florida State started with a field position of their own twenty three. It wasn't pretty. Um, you know, Florida State's defense was just really, really poor. Switching to the offensive side of the ball, James Blackman got his first start. Uh, Wilt Bell was calling plays. You know, there is some positives to take away from that because James Blackman had himself a game. Um, you know, he targeted Tamori and Terry down the field. DJ Matthews got involved. I mean, Florida State had a had a really solid game throwing the football. Uh, obviously, the run game didn't get going, but that's mostly because Florida State had to completely abandon it. Um, after it got down 17 nothing, I mean, Cam Akers' first five runs went for 36 yards. I mean, he was having success in that first quarter before Jacques Patrick had that fumble and NC State went up 14 nothing. Um, but he, uh, he, he was having some success, and it looked like things were going to go better, and then it just didn't. So Florida State's... Um, you know, Florida State's offense, it, it looked a lot better. It flowed a lot better with uh, with James Blackman, a quarterback. He made the short passes. He made the correct reads. He did what he was supposed to do, and he I think he really helped Florida State's, uh, you know, get into the rhythm that it's been looking for. The tempo still wasn't there to the point that Willie Taggart and Walt Bell want it to be, but it looked significantly better than it has um, has in the past under DeAndre Francois. I think Florida State needs to make that change permanent. Blackman needs to start. He threw for 421 yards, four touchdowns, and interception. The one interception wasn't great. Um, you know, he didn't see the defensive tackle dropping into coverage. You know, if, if the defensive tackle wasn't there, it would have been a first down. But instead, you know, it went right to the, the defensive tackle who was dropping into coverage. It was a really nice play call from uh, – from the NC State defensive coordinator, and it cost Florida State a pick, and it ended up costing them a touchdown. They scored later on that drive, but 
you know, other than that pick, I mean, he only had like two or three throws out of 46 that you could say weren't good throws. Um, you know, he, he made a, a few really nice throws down the field, which is something that, you know, I was concerned about that he wouldn't be able to do. Um, but he made some nice throws down the field. I mean, he should have had another touchdown late in the game to Nyquan Murray, who dropped a perfect throw right in the breadbasket. I mean, it was a beautiful throw. I mean, he made a number of beautiful throws in that game, and I think he should be the uh, the starting quarterback going forward. Uh, I liked what Walt Bell did with the offense. There wasn't a lot of side-to-side passing. I think that that's been an issue for Florida State. They haven't been able to do that very well. There's a lot of short passes, but there weren't a lot of side-to-side passes, which I thought really uh, really helped the offense flow. It put less pressure on the, uh, on the Florida State wide receivers and tight ends to get out and block, and I thought the offense looked better than it has really at any point this season in that game. Um, Wake Forest included, even though Florida State only scored 28 points, there should have been more points on the board if not for a few drops, but I do think the offense flowed better than it had at any point this season. So there is some positives to take away from the game, but the defense was just so putrid and awful that it didn't matter that Florida State improved on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Florida State actually had uh, did a better job on yards per play, 6.5 to 5.4, and you know, the, the biggest issue was Florida State just couldn't you know, couldn't stop NC State. They completed uh, three of three on fourth down. Florida State went for it seven times on fourth down in that game, which, you know, was a nice uh, nice to see. I thought, you know, there should have been at least one more because if you're willing to go for it on fourth down from the tw- uh, from the 34 down 13, you should be willing to go for it from the 29 down 16. But um, in the next segment, we'll get in and we'll talk about some of the players that played well. I'll be mentioning James Blackman again. Because uh, he obviously was one of the players that played well, and then in the final segment we'll talk about Walt Bell and him taking over the offensive play calling. So, but before we get into that, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Knowles. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. <coughs> Excuse me. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capitalized, no spaces, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. We're going to be discussing some of the players that played well. I'm going to start off with James Blackman because I've talked uh, talked about what um, talked about him in the first segment and what he was able to do. But I really thought that you know he played an exceptional game. He pulled it down when he had to. Um, you know he took some sacks that he didn't need to take. But overall, I mean he was he was rather impressive. Um, he was sacked five times for. For 35 yards, which means that he had three rushes for 14 yards, along of six yards, but he proved that he was willing to bring the ball down, and that added some a different dynamic to the Florida State offense. It wasn't great, but it was enough to where Florida State, you know, the, the threat of running was of him running was there. So, but in the passing game, you know, he he threw the ball well in uh, in short passing situations. He threw the ball well in intermediate routes. He found DJ Matthews a lot. I mean, he stepped up in the pocket. He made guys miss. 
He kept his eyes downfield. He made some really exceptional plays. And his throwing the ball downfield was, I mean, he was great. Um, you know, the throws that he made to Tamori and Terry were awesome. I'm going to get into Terry in a minute. I might as well just lump him in because Terry was fantastic, uh, was fantastic in the game. He had five receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. He should have had 200 yards receiving, but a penalty on Alec Everly took away a 59-yard uh, pass that would have gotten Florida State down to the one. But, I mean, Blackman hit him in stride multiple times. He went up and he made plays. He had a catch on the sideline on a back shoulder throw. That was just an incredible catch. I mean, Tamora Terry is the best receiver on this team. He's one of the best receivers in the country. Um, he's physically fast. He blocks well. He plays his tail off every single time he's on the field. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he has going forward. Because I think he's going to be a special special player, and could end up being a guy that's a first round pick coming out of uh, coming out of Florida State, which is something they haven't had in, since Kelvin Benjamin. But uh, I think that that that's assuming that he continues to develop. But right now, he's a really really special football player with his size, combination of speed and wingspan and catch radius and ability to take the top off of defense. He's a truly special player. And him and Blackman seemed to have a chemistry. Blackman targeted him eight, uh, well, really targeted him nine times. Should have been six catches for 201 yards. But he was, uh, I mean, he he looked like a special player on Saturday. And then Blackman looked like he was capable of running this offense at a high level. And I think Blackman needs to be the guy going forward that uh, that gets the start. One more guy that uh, that played well. DJ Matthews, 10 receptions, 133 yards, one touchdown. He was targeted 12 times. I mean, he made some really, really nice catches when Florida State needed him the most. The drive before, um, the drive before Florida State had, uh, or before the half, Florida State was driving down the field to try and get some points before the half, and um, Matthews made just a couple of really nice catches over the middle. You know he's a guy that's really special with the ball in his hands, but he's also a capable receiver. He, he runs good routes. He's got good hands. He can go out and he can make plays for you. Uh, but he's also a guy who's who can be consistent. He was consistently good in the uh, in this game on the offensive side of the ball. I was I was very impressed with the way he played the game, um, and I think he's going to have a huge role in the Florida State offense going forward. Nyquan, you know, he started for Nyquan Murray and he made the most of that start. I think he should be the starter going forward. I also thought that Nikon Murray shouldn't play football for Florida State again, but he came out, he had two receptions for 35 yards and dropped the touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Um, on players that obviously didn't play well, we're going to switch over to the defense because that's where they are. A.J. Westbrook finished the game with 10 tackles, but he was picked on. I talked to, talked a little bit about it earlier, but he, just, he can't match up in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Teams are spreading the ball out right now and forcing Florida State's secondary to go one-on-one -on -one coverage at this point, and he just can't do it. Uh, he's He knows what to do. It's not a knock on his intelligence or him being in the wrong position. He just can't get there. He just can't get there. He's not talented enough to get there, and that's the biggest issue for Florida State right now. He's just not talented enough to get there and do what they're asking him to do, and NC State and Clemson two weeks ago took advantage of it. So, you know, I mean, Florida State has a big issue at safety. It wasn't great, um, but Westbrook was, was absolutely picked on. He did not play well, and um, 
and that that was a that was a pretty big issue. Um, I didn't think Wally Amy played well. I thought you know he was invisible at times. Florida State had to have somebody has to have somebody step up opposite of Brian Burns. I thought Janarius played all right. I didn't think he played great, but I thought Wally Amy really struggled in the game. He made no impact at all, and he got kind of pushed around a little bit when it came to that. So, um, you know, while I, Wally Amy and AJ Westbrook, and then you know I mean there's so many different players that didn't play well on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, I thought DeMarcus Christmas was just invisible. You know, I said before the game that I thought he needed to step up and, and take some pressure off Marvin Wilson, but he he didn't do that. Um, he didn't play well at all. He ended up with one tackle in the game and was basically non-existent. Um, he had as many tackles as long snapper Grant Glennon did. So uh, I didn't think he played very well in the game at all. And, you know, that's really been the case this season. I know a lot of people think he's been playing well. I'm not one of those guys. I think he's been largely invisible this year. And um, I'd like to see, obviously, you know, Marvin Wilson on the first drive of the game. We're going to go back to this because I saw it and it annoyed the crap out of me. Marvin Wilson is arguably Florida State's best defensive player. You can argue him or Brian Burns. I don't, I don't care which one you pick. He, it, it, at worst, he's the second best player on Florida State's defense. He doesn't start. He didn't play for the first, what, uh, how long was that first drive for, for NC State? It was 11 plays. He didn't play for the first 10 plays of that drive, and NC State was able to punch the ball in the end zone. Uh, he came on late on the play that they scored on, and um, Florida State was trying to run guys in, and NC State was snapping the ball. I mean, he didn't play for the first 10 plays of that drive, and NC State just marched right down the field. You know, he's the second, at worst, second best player on this defense, and he's not on the field. Marvin Wilson needs to start. I like Fred Jones. Marvin Wilson needs to start. I would also start Corey Darden. That dude makes plays. He gets after it. He hustles. At this point, go with your young guys. Play him. Florida State also missed Robert Cooper in the game. He was home with a concussion. I think uh, Cooper would have made a, a little bit more of a difference. He's a guy who can get in and eat space, and they have to double-team him because he's so powerful, which opens up... Uh, which opens up Marvin Wilson. So those are the guys that I thought played well, the guys that I thought didn't play well. And in the final segment, I'll get into what uh, what Walt Bell's play calling, you know, what, what it means for Florida State, what it means for Coach Taggart, and um, how that's a, that's a good sign for the future. We'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do, are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football. $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network. When the ACC Network comes out next year, it'll probably be on there. And many, many more channels. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. And there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. Sling TV gives you the live college football you love only better. So go to uh, sling.com forward slash locked on and sign up for your seven day free trial. You can go, once again, you can go and get your seven day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. So don't, don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this. Final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Walt Bell and uh, him taking over the offense. Um, I thought that Bell called a really good game. I'm not a huge fan of the fourth uh, fourth down and one call where they called a slow developing run play, but that was uh, Willie Taggart said it was his call. I'm not sure if he meant that it was his call to go for it on fourth or his call for the play. Um, either way, I didn't like the play call. I loved the decision 
because you're down at that point. Your defense hasn't shown they're capable of stopping anybody. So I think that uh, it was a good decision to go for it. I do not think that it was good. You know, the play call was a good decision because your offensive line, you know, isn't uh, hasn't been able to block well, and you choose a slow developing run play. That well, wasn't the best decision. Uh, I'm not sure who that falls on, whether it's Taggart or Bell, but I do think that Bell caught a really nice game overall. He did some things that allowed James Blackman to to find some success early, uh, build some confidence, and then they you know unleashed him to throw the football downfield. And you know there were receivers running wide open. I thought that when Florida State was able to run the football, they ran the football very well. That's at the beginning of the game before you know things got out of hand and Florida State was forced to throw the football 48 times. But it's um, I thought that Walt Bell uh, called a really good game. And according to uh, Knowles twenty four seven, that's going to be the case going forward. We'll talk to Willie Taggart in a in a few uh, in a couple hours, and we'll we'll uh, get his take on it and how he thought Walt Bell did, and all of that. But it's a good sign that Willie Taggart's you know realizes that he's needed in other areas. That's what he said after game that he's needed in other areas, and that he trusted Walt Bell to get the job done. Um, I believe that it's the first time he's given up play calling. I don't know it's for sure. Uh, again, that's something that we'll ask him. Um, but I believe it's the first time he's given up play calling, and it's a good sign that he he understands that you know certain things have to change if Florida State's going to be successful. Um, obviously, Walt keeping Walt Bell is keep means keeping Sam Howell, Florida State's four star quarterback recruit, who is coming in uh, as an early enrollee, and you know making Walt Bell happy in that situation is good as long as he's you know capable of of doing the job. And I think Saturday proved that he was capable of doing the job well. We'll see how it goes the rest of the season, but I do think he's going to be successful calling plays for Florida State. Um, but I think it's a really good sign for Florida State going forward that Willie Tag was able to self-identify what was wrong, uh, or at least something that was wrong, and and go in a different direction. Um, it, you know, he's he's going to have to make some tough decisions at the end of this uh, at the end of this season as far as his coaching staff. Um, Alonzo Hampton is one of his good friends, and you know I, I like Alonzo as a person, but he, his special teams unit has been absolutely terrible, and he's prob he probably he, he needs to be processed at this point. He needs to move on from uh, Alonzo Hampton. So you know maybe maybe some other position you know position coaches need to need to move on, or he need Florida State needs to part ways with him. We'll have to wait and see how that goes, but. It's you know it's a it's a good sign that Willie Taggart's willing to to move on from that and and pass the reins over to Walt Bell for something that he you know like Willie Taggart's a, he's a play caller you know he he he's prideful of that he's he's prided himself on his ability to call plays and now he's taking that he's swallowing his pride and he's making the, what I believe is a necessary change to uh, to help the Florida State offense. And I think that's a great sign for him. And I think that's a really good sign for the future. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how things go. I you know wrote on Saturday that I don't think Florida State can fix any of these issues this season. And, you know, it's it's more likely that they finish, you know, 0-3 than winning two games um, to get to bowl eligibility. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But, you know, Florida State gets Notre Dame, uh, travels to Notre Dame, number three Notre Dame this weekend. We'll have all the coverage um, you know, for for the rest of the week before we get up there. 
But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really uh, hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do, make sure to like, favorite, do whatever you got to do on your favorite uh, favorite podcast website um, to let you know when the next uh, when the next Locked On Seminoles podcast comes out. And then um, make sure to tell your friends if if you enjoy it. Maybe they will too. So uh, do me a favor and tell your friends. I'd really appreciate it. But I hope you enjoyed this. For the Locked On Seminoles podcast, I'm Wayne McGahey. Have a wonderful day.